You're listening to What's in the Box, the Xbox News Reviews, Theories and Conspiracies podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Hutton. Joining me tonight, we have the white chocolate that melts in your mouth and not in your hand, Kyle Sandin. I have uh, also been banned by the FDA, but I'd say I'm worth it. <laughs> oh, break me off a piece. We also have Sexual the finger, yeah, finger licking good Hunter Sealock. You say that, I'm also good at licking fingers. Ironically enough. Hey. Oh. It's on my resume. Ladies. And rounding out the usual suspects, we have the best a man can get, Brooks Nickel. How come they got candy and I got fucking shaving cream? Well, (laughs) I was trying to pick like the most homoerotic ones I possibly could. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And I put you at like the apex of that. Like like you're the hottest (laughs) man another man could possibly get. Like you're the dream. That makes sense. You're like the dream daddy, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, you're well, like eight Tom Hardy's. Then uh, I I get real close and leave you real smooth. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, I like that. All right, now we all know there are things money can't buy, but for everything else, there's our buddy Jacob. You know him as someone who sent the show a cease and desist way, way back in episode six. He's also the acclaimed author of Milf City, winner of the 1990 Golden Chindo Award, the sequel, Milf City 2, Milfier City, will release later this month wherever self published Amazon Kindle ebooks are sold. Welcome to the show, Jacob. Gonna have my third New York Times bestseller. Hemingway can suck it like his favorite shotgun. Wow. God. You're th- hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Coming in hot. Um, but, you know, I, I guess it takes that sort of <laughs> sort of uh, bravado and uh, self-confidence to, to publish so many books. On this episode, we'll be reviewing the latest from Obsidian and Private Division. Single moms don't like the meek-minded. Well, that's true. The meek? That's true. the meek don't get single moms they just inherit heaven um okay there is so we'll be talking outer world tonight and discussing the state of modern warfare's pvp and spec ops co-op modes but first a little bit of news kyle we're going to start with you microsoft has announced uh, a new promotion tell us a little bit about it yep you can get X-Ball, uh, ugh, X-Ball, my God. X-Ball. Xbox, all you know, X-Ball. Like Stay up late <laughs> after you watch the Chiefs beat the Packers, because we got our first kickoff for X-Ball. <laughs> Is this the uh, furries? Uh, <laughs> not to be confused with the sex toys sold in all stores. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sidebar, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> Xbox All Access, you can get it with the purchase of a new One X, One S, or One S All Edition. And in Australia, you can get it with the One X for Forza Horizon 4 bundle, or the One S Forza Horizon 4 bundle. With that, uh, it says you can upgrade it once Project Scarlet is available in holiday 2020. Yeah. But it comes Switch. with some weird stipulations that... Okay. I would just go ahead and wait for Project Scarlet to come out with. <laughs> so it's it's a monthly subscription, right? Like it's what thirty five for yes, the one yes. X. Yes, uh, pricing. It's as little. It says you can get it for as little as twenty a month for twenty four months. And that is U.S. Okay. pricing. Okay. 
That's the like the one S and stuff, right? And that includes like yeah. Xbox Live and Game Pass and stuff too. Yeah, right? yeah, it comes with Game Pass, all, yeah, pretty much everything they offer. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, a it's not a terrible deal. deal, but it's yeah, it's getting into that like upgrade your cell phone yeah. territory. It says you're supposed yeah. to, it could save you up to a hundred dollars compared to getting everything separately. Yeah, so, not bad, but like I said, like you know, once the Project Scarlet comes out, it says you can upgrade, but you have to have made eighteen payments by then which in the US and the UK. Yeah, which it'll come out before then. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's, so well, you it's, can upgrade, but six months after it's out. Yeah, yeah exactly. You just have to pay the remainder of that. Oh, like sure, sure. Months yeah. or eighteen months or whatever up front, so it's going to cost you more money. And, and stupid. Stupid. Yeah, seems then, weird to me. Yeah, and then like know. after that, they say you could upgrade to the next console in as few as twelve months once it has officially launched. So I don't know. There are a couple of contradicting statements here. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, and you have to like qualify with one of the banks that they're dealing with to get this equipment. Like it's yeah. really I didn't see that in this article here. This yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. Some bank oh, Amazon works yeah, with. Their yeah. financing partner, Citizens Bank in the U.S., Renabox, Klarna in the U.K. <laughs> okay, we just uh, gotta run yeah. a quick credit check on you before you can purchase a car. Right. <laughs> yeah, because you got. Yeah, I don't know. Christ, man. I weird. think I'll just buy the system. Thanks. Yeah, I'll just yeah. wait till it comes yeah. out. I guess if you okay. don't have an Xbox One yet, because I mean, this is for the the whole yeah. system and everything. So I mean, is this mm-hmm. people are they targeting people that have 360s and haven't upgraded yet and are going to buy the new console 12 months before the next console comes out? Because that seems like a weird demographic to hit. Yes, I guess, yeah. or maybe like divorced parents that desperately need some Christmas presents yeah. or something. I don't. Know. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I really hope that that's their target demographic. That specifically, <laughs> just sitting in a boardroom, fucking. All right, Murphy, who are we going after this this quarter? Well, I'm thinking the divorced parents out there. <laughs> you know, fifty percent of marriages in divorce, and that's a market that we could corner. They have kids, they're weak, and they have money. <laughs> like, what is it? What I'm is trying it? to corner that market myself. How do you think I got three books? <laughs> Lucrative. Maybe they're onto something. If if you do the math on that subscription, I mean, what's what's that add up to? Like versus just purchasing the fucking Xbox, right? Six thousand dollars. But it (laughs) but it goes on your credit. So, and if and what happens if you don't pay? Do they come and take the system back from you? Like, do they have Microsoft goons? I'm confused. (laughs) You've been served. Yeah. We're also taking this Xbox branded body wash. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we get some of that with the subscription here? Open that, open that fridge. See if he's got any Microsoft cheese. <laughs> oh my god! I really <laughs> want to try those products. Only for the holiday season. Microsoft sausage. You might avoid that one though. <laughs> Seems disappointing. Uh, I think it. Uh, I guess I see what they're doing. Hopefully. Yes. So, you know. Yeah, and we have no idea how expensive these this next run of consoles is going to be. Mm. Probably very expensive. I do. Yeah. What's the past one? Wouldn't it, and then they start like six hundred. Uh, I think starting the Xbox. Yeah, I want to say the Xbox One was was it six, six or seven? I thought. Cause yeah, because I bought it when it came out. I want to say it was like six fifty or something. 
I'm pretty sure I paid. I thought they were five ninety nine, or I mean uh, four ninety nine. Yeah, I feel like they're five hundred, and then they yeah. went to four pretty quick because I think PS4 came yeah. out at four hundred, okay. and Xbox came out at five hundred. That was part of the reason Xbox kind of got the brake speed off out of the gate last time. Yeah, because then they got rid of the the connect or whatever, so they didn't have mm-hmm. to bundle that. And I drop the price. I would say you'll you'll probably have two two versions. Um, yeah, versus, one's going to be six hundred probably. Yeah, you'll have probably a, a, a five and a six, I would say. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You can lease it. You heard it here first. Speaking of things you can't lease, how about your freedom? That's right. <laughs> no, no, that's great. Uh, Shout out. No, uh, a little bit of a little bit of a blizzard news again. Um, and so I'd like you guys to indulge me if you, if you don't mind, go down the rabbit hole here. Um, cause this is a fantastic article, uh, again from Kotaku, um, but kind of centered on, um, BlizzCon. So that kicked off Friday. Um, quite a bit of news, uh, surrounding it as well. Um, you know, we brought that up before, uh, with, you know, the protests and stuff going on in Hong Kong, um, and Blizzard, you know, taking a stance on that. Um, but I, I found the Kotaku article super interesting because this stuff seems to be, aside from that issue, um, a lot of red flags happening. Um, so one thing I, I didn't know that Blizzard is part of a giant uh, public company called Activision Blizzard. Um, so <laughs> uh, the name kind of implies a partnership. Um, but Kotaku uh, alluded that Activision's board is pretty much in charge of that company. So I guess this stuff started ramping up in 2018. Message from the board to the Blizzard staff was, hey, make more games, but cut costs. Activision kind of began taking a a greater role in the operations at Blizzard. Um, And so they're putting executives across publishing and other departments, um, incubating a huge number of mobile games. CEO Mike Morhaime. Uh, said he was retiring with company veteran Jay Allen Brack stepping up to take his place. Um, so he'd be the president, not the CEO. Less powerful title and a sign of Blizzard's like reduced autonomy within Activision Blizzard. Um, so then October 2019, all the Hong Kong stuff, uh, you know, is is happening and they ban their uh, one of their what what was it he was playing again? Stone. Yeah, one of their Hearthstone players, because on a, on a stream, he had, he had said free Hong Kong. Um, so they banned him for a year, uh, took away a lot of his his capital, a uh, whole, whole bunch of thing. In fact, it was uh, became such an, an issue that, you know, uh, even the U.S. government uh, kind of got involved, both the Republican and Democratic side, uh, Congress, and submitting a letter to Activision. Really? Um, yeah, and it was to, to express our deep concern with how the publisher had handled things. Um, so anyways, <laughs> wow. uh, so that international, you know, debacle kind of popped off. Um, and then there, there, you know, they had talked in the article about how Blizzard, you know, last year had, had talked about the Diablo mobile game and caught a lot of backlash. And they knew that, that they, they had to hold on until BlizzCon 2019 because, you know, there's a lot of rumors that they were going to release two major installments um, of some some good good series by them. They did. So, you know, that, that's obviously out. We can talk on those games quite a bit. But before that happened, they, they to culminate kind of uh, how bad it's been for Blizzard, they, they sent out an email <laughs> with some of their most sensitive info on Overwatch uh, before BlizzCon. Um, to a whole bunch of people that they shouldn't have. 
and so it's just kind of been a a a, a very down year for Blizzard. On the email, didn't they send a second email that was like, "Oh, we had a typo in the last one." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just removed yeah. like all of the <laughs> information about their new release. Oh god! Was, yeah, uh, don't trust us. Oh, the shit we accidentally like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so another thing that happened was um, I want to add before we sum that. I, I, I skipped over in February um, of this year, Activision Blizzard laid off uh, over 800 employees across all of its offices, um, including wow. Blizzard. Uh, and they Jeez. said Blizzard was hit particularly hard um, in publishing and other support departments. Um, so the people that Kotaku spoke to, they said they were you know pretty enraged about it, um, most of the Blizzard staff. And basically, they put up job listings after that, too, for some of the roles that it had eliminated. But the catch was that those roles were combined roles now, where they'd be putting a single person in charge of what had been previously like the responsibility of two or three people. Uh, so wow. all of that, and then you have this huge media, you know, and 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 fan base backlash with with their statements that they inadvertently, I guess, if they could skirt around it, I think you know they pretty much just came out and made they made a statement um, on where they stood on something. And they got a lot of backlash from that too. So it just seems like like they're they're treading water. Uh, but I saw their two major their focal points at BlizzCon, and I was pretty stoked. <laughs> uh, they'll get they'll get my yeah. money. So yeah, uh, and it puts you in like Overwatch a too. Yeah, it puts mm. you in a weird place as a gamer because yeah, there's Overwatch two, Diablo four, both got announced, and they you know it's like a like a weird moral decision if you feel like. Should that enter into whether or not I buy a game despite the quality of the game? Absolutely. I mean, we were talking about that what last night with um, a friend in the show, uh, Jay, that we were playing Xbox with. And, you know, he's just kind of, I don't, I don't know what the big deal is. Like, their games are good. And yeah. so you have people. But he had had friends that were quitting, like, wow, cam- canceling their subscriptions correct. and stuff over it. Yeah, correct. Stuff. And then so you have people on both sides of that fence. And so, I mean,. I don't know. I for me, I'm I'm still gonna get Diablo. I'm probably still gonna yeah. get Overwatch too. I mean, I mean, I'm definitely gonna get both of those things uh, because they're awesome. Uh, but it does it does put people in a in a difficult position. I understand that. Yeah, and it's one of those things too, where it's like like you were alluding to, like the the fact Activision has so much control over them at this point. Yeah, how much of it was actually Blizzard? Yeah, how much of that is actually Blizzard? How much how much clout does Blizzard as a creative team, as the people who we're... Like, it sucks. It's like the people that are creating what we're consuming and what we love from them aren't necessarily the people that are really <laughs> benefiting. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to... From, yeah, from, mm-hmm. from us buying those things. They do in a way because, you know, they're employed and shit like that. But, like, those aren't the people that are making those decisions to, you know, ban... Uh, a, a player because of you know his stance on something it's just i don't know it's it's very muddy waters uh but at the same time that whole article was more enlightening to me on the front of it seems like blizzard's being you know stripped down and overworked in this scenario yeah because uh, what else could they be pumping out if they had the manpower to actually overwatch 2 and and diablo 4 the both look incredible yeah and i think they're doing i think they're doing overwatch 2 like, I think they're doing it the only way that makes sense, which is if you have Overwatch, you're going to get everything except for the campaign. So if you want the campaign, you just buy Overwatch 2 for the campaign. Yeah. Um, and that's that's cool. They're not trying to, you know, over-monetize anything. They're not, like, 
push Overwatch out and you can say, hey, you don't get the new heroes, you don't get, you know, any of this stuff, uh, any of the new abilities. So um, it just, if they had that manpower, what else could they be putting out? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they've always had the reputation of having these really long gestation periods in their game, like in between releases. I mean, fuck, there's huge gaps between every entry in the Diablo series. There's, you know, I mean, Overwatch came out in 2015. Be lucky if Overwatch 2 comes out 2020. So, I mean, that's five years. Right. And Diablo 4, they said something kind of weird about Diablo 4. People asked them about the release date, and they said, it is going to be a while. And we mean that not even in the sense of Blizzard, it's going to take a while, like oh. maybe even longer than that. But then they said yeah. it's releasing for Xbox One. And that's super that weird. like Alan me. Wake a while? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Alan Wake a while. Yeah, that game got crazy delayed. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know what that means because they have one year to release on Xbox One. Yeah. And it would be stupid exactly. to release at the end of that console generation just for the end. Of course, they could go cross, you know, generation where they hit xbox one and whatever the next you know xbox scarlet whatever it ends up being called mm -hmm. that just seemed like weird phrasing to me we're targeting the current gen consoles but it's there it's a long ways out it's, I, I don't get that yeah that doesn't make that doesn't make much sense the current gen consoles are done you got you got a year yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. And, and releasing anything after like march is kind of suicide yeah, like it will. It would have otherwise. It would have to be what you're talking about, where they're gonna they'll release it on both. You know, right? Yeah. I just wonder if it won't be optimized for the new console or something like that. Yeah, you tend to run into that whenever people do cross generation stuff. It's like, oh, it looked great for the last console cycle, and it looks right okay on this one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what they showed of it, and I know that that's you know, that's not much. Uh, yeah, it very and can be very doctored up, but it just it, it looked good. <laughs> it oh, looked, it looked very right. good. I could put now, a lot of hours into that. Yeah, let's let's talk Diablo Four real quick. What was your impression, Bricks, of just like the cinematic trailer that they showed? It's fun, cool. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was badass, man. Made me want to <laughs> ride a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it. Diablo's always been really dark, but three, it kind of got. A little more lighthearted, a little uh, more whimsical, I would say. This was like very much a return to the dark aesthetic of Diablo 2, where it, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it seems like it's going to get into some really grisly shit in this game. The bosses look just everything crazy on the gameplay too. The, uh, the it looks very, very just the the way they're you're using these different levels and different you know directions, and it's always Diablo's always kind of been like that, but. Uh, there's a part, a couple times where they showed, you know, you fight this group up here and then he like jumps off of a ledge down to like yeah. another area and does like a drop attack and stuff. And it just, it's, they're, they're taking advantage of the space that they're giving you on screen, it seems like. And yes. this, again, very, very early, but that's what it appears like they're doing. And they're adding a lot more public spaces to the games as you're going kind of from quest to quest or you're in the adventure mode or whatever it ultimately is called. You'll see other players in different game sessions. There'll be public events now. Um, they have PVP zones that they're adding into the game, uh, stuff Diablo hasn't had before. So, oh, that sounds really cool. Seems like it will be a much richer, more social environment for a game. I, I'm very interested in that one. I love Diablo. I think Diablo 3 is the only game 
I have like a hundred percent of like the achievements done on. So I'm like, God, Diablo three was great. Yeah, Diablo three was two and three are beautiful. Yeah, and and one might be great. I hardly played it. I can't really say. Let's move on, Jacob. Tell us a little bit about uh, XCloud. All right. So now or Xbox Insider members who are part of the Alpha and the Alpha Skip Ahead, uh, they're now able to try out the Xbox, Xbox console stream. Xbox. Xbox. Uh, Xbox. Xbox. Have an Android. Kyle. Got it started. <laughs> Xbox. God damn it. <laughs> oh, damn it, Kyle. Yeah. I haven't said that in a while. Yeah. Uh, Android mobiles or tablets, uh, you got to have one of those. Uh, must be running on Android 6.0 and have Bluetooth 4.0 capabilities and have a wireless Xbox One controller. Nice. So I guess if you have those things, you can try it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's hey, it. Hey, we're opening it up if you have this, 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 this. Yeah. Read the fine print. They also um, go through your credit score on that one, too. If you're an <laughs> yeah. Apple customer, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, it seems <laughs> kind of fun. I mean, you would have to have the the internet capabilities you would have to have to play like Modern Warfare on your well, phone. It, <laughs> you it, it does what mention you that you know you're limited by your data allowance and strong enough internet right. connection as well. So, right, like your speed. I, I don't know. Fuck, I suppose but... if your doctor's office has really, really good free Wi-Fi, you yeah. can piss off everybody in the waiting room. Right. Yeah. Right. I think it would be that sounds like it'd be more fun for like an Assassin's Creed, like an RPG where you just have to have enough internet to hook to the system, mm -hmm. but you don't have you know what I'm saying? Like you're not hooking to servers where you're playing other people and shit. It seems like it would work pretty well, but I don't know. Internet at your house might be good enough when it's just you on it, but go play on a TV if you're at your house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, seems weird. Yeah, I, I don't know feel the need to carry it with me uh out and about, I guess you might say. Oh, well, what if I'm pooping? Yeah. Well, if you're pooping, <laughs> that's the move. There you go. I stand corrected. See, there's their, their target base. Yeah, I saw an article, I think it was by IGN, where somebody had, had spent a decent amount of time with it. And, of course, they only have a certain number of games. It's like Sea of Thieves, Gears 5, Halo 5. Uh, I feel like there's a fourth one. I can't remember what it is. I think one of the Forza games. And he said that he was super impressed with it and even, like, tested on different internet speeds. And he said as long as you had, like, about 25, it was pretty smooth. Um, That's not bad. He said, like, above 30, you would hardly see any hitching or anything. Like, it, it played really smooth. It was nice. He said you dip below that, you kind of – you'll get some latency issues, some weird stuff. He said that all of the games that didn't have, like, fine precision aiming, stuff like that, he did say there was a, a delay on Gears and Halo – um, you would have to kind of lead shots and stuff that that felt off, that that wasn't quite tight enough yet. Um, and then, oh, like uh, reticles and stuff. It was so hard to see where you were aiming on those games um, because those dots were so small whenever it all got sized down. Um, yeah, so that, they'll have to probably create some individual settings and stuff for those games on mobile devices. This is interesting. I mean, it sounds that. like it was, it was working pretty well. Uh, they had a very limited test about a month ago. This probably opens it up to uh, I don't know, fifty to hundred thousand people or so. Those those are like the higher tiers of the insider program. So I don't think I doubt there's that many people in them. I mean, so far so good. Seems like a good way to kind of roll out your test. Just kind of uh, and do me a chunk at a time. See a thieves. 
Well, love if, that yeah. game, uh, if, you're, if you're so bored that you want to take your video games everywhere with you, you can play Sea of Thieves and be, well, fucking bored. Be bored and pissed <laughs> off. I don't know. Maybe it's a good stepping stone as far as technology goes to lead to other innovations, but uh, doesn't seem incredibly impressive out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like most most people have been kind of mixed on every piece of console streaming or game streaming that we've seen so far, which I guess is to be expected. They'll have to refine that. I am I am glad that you touched on innovation, Jacob. Um, because speaking of, of innovation, I mean, tell us about I smell a segue. Ubisoft and and now I'm reporting some uh, some dips yeah. in on their operating income. Yeah, they have an innovative, innovative way of operating now. Wait a second. <laughs> Bert, you're doing the thing where it sounds like a segue, and it's not really a segue. Oh my bad. Let me let me let me do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Of um, you know, innovation. Um, Hunter, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, how maybe Ubisoft's lack of innovation between their games and releasing those games back to back might. Be what's responsible for their operating income being down ninety three percent, a whopping ninety three percent. That was top notch. Now we're moving. Yeah. That so Ubisoft Ubisoft reports an operating income down ninety three percent. If if you guys have followed the podcast last week, we talked about how they pushed back all of their upcoming games like War Dogs, uh, Legion uh, Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six. Uh, quarantine and skull and bones have all been pushed either to the back half of 2020 or early 2021 because uh, breakpoint shit the bed so hard yeah. that it just i don't i don't know man i don't run a business clearly but it i don't understand how they're taking these shots like they are i mean i, I won't bore you with all the numbers the, the moral of the story is they're getting fucked and they don't have anything new <laughs> coming out until like next summer at least like at the earliest and nobody really knows because they haven't really said when they're how far they pushed everything back. They're just like, yeah, we're just putting everything they, on the back they, burner. Do they push watchdogs? Yes. Pushed everything back. Fun. All of it. Time for a oh, that's quick right, shitty dude. released Assassin's Creed game in between that they've probably got in their pocket. <laughs> right. Well, that, and that's one of the, yeah, that's, that's one of the deals is that they're, they'll probably push out another Assassin's Creed game and just see what happens. Because the the rumor is the next one's going to be like a Vikings based title, but it hasn't been that hasn't been released. That's just rumor. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, moral of the story is Ubisoft is bleeding. But I did I did notice that uh, the CEO Yves Guillemont I don't know seems French. I hate it. But uh, says Ubisoft's prospects are particularly promising. Our numerous growth vectors going forward include the arrival of the next-gen consoles and the opening up of the Asian market and our partnership with Tencent for launching our franchise on mobile. All these are strong strong value creation drivers for the medium term. Yeah, that's the end of the quote. So what I I hear is they're going to go to China and get some of that Chinese money from Tencent, and we'll be talking about how Ubisoft is shutting people up and banning their players for having the audacity of speaking their mind uh, probably in a few months. So we'll see how that goes. I think EA will buy them and it'll get worse. That's what China's going to (laughs) do. I feel like Tencent is about to have its hands in everything. Oh, yeah. It does the mobile version of PUBG, of Call of Duty. Uh, 
God. They're they're about to just be oh, drunk with their own fat. If you're interested in some of the numbers, like the quarterly numbers, that they're all all the numbers are down. Like all the numbers are shit. Uh, but this article's on Forbes. Uh by Paul Tassie, and you can go through there and it'll tell you some of the quarterly numbers. Uh, like I said, they're all shit. So, <laughs> you know, because they rushed Breakpoint out and it was a, a sequel that nobody wanted or asked for, but they gave it to you. Here, time to take it. And they shot themselves in the foot. So that's the moral of the story. Uh, yeah, the stock's hurting. Mm. How many Bitcoins did they drop? <laughs> Uh, Good couple. I don't know. Thirty-five percent, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, uh, man, speaking of the stocks dropping though, Josh, Twitch's uh, Twitch's stocks got to be dropping, right? They just lost uh, two more major streamers. Yeah, they did. Great segue, dude. God, Thanks, dude. I enjoyed Stop. it. Um, Today's yeah, a new so, day. Uh, Shroud left Twitch about two weeks ago. Uh, Shroud developed a pretty large following playing Counter-Strike and PUBG as kind of his main games. I would say he... Banana Man Ninja, going too? Yeah, I know. Can we get Banana Man? Uh, he and Ninja both kind of play similar games, focus a lot on Battle Royales. Uh, probably shared a, a big portion of the same audience until Ninja started curating his content more for a younger audience, for, for kids, for teenagers. And then they got King Gathalion. And I love this dude. This this guy's one of my favorite streamers. He's um, He's got charisma for days. He plays a lot of loot shooter games and stuff and just has like a very calm stream. And he just kicks people anytime they say shitty things. He just doesn't deal with it. And so it's like a very, very nice... Uh, uh, stream to watch typically but he's he's super fun to watch and i think he runs like a coffee business and stuff and he puts on uh, gaming conventions and he helps raise money for different uh non-profits particularly st cool. jude and stuff so he's he's a pretty cool guy and uh he's a good get for them and he's done really well on mixer for shroud and ninja it's like they both have taken a hit in viewership by moving there of course there's monetary reasons for them moving there i'm sure they have a much more stable income i'm sure microsoft gave them a load of money but viewership which can fuck with their ability to pull in sponsors is way down for both of those guys uh whereas king gathalion i mean he was outpacing ninja almost every day this last week um so i i think it's been a really good move for him and and the reason microsoft is is really putting so much money toward this if they can get a viewership similar to what twitch has on mixer then then they have free advertising you know, they have to pay a lot of money to advertise on Twitch for their games. But if they're advertising within their own streaming platform, that saves them a ton. I think it's a smart thing. I think really what they need now is probably like a really prominent female streamer, uh, somebody that has a different audience. Because like I said, some of these guys share pretty similar audience. And I think a lot of people when they're watching game streaming, they kind of just bounce around from channel to channel based on a game that they're interested in. Uh, so the more prominent people you have are playing different games the more likely you are to draw in those those crowds i, I think just having a few key people is not going to be enough uh, to really turn the tide it's interesting i hope it ultimately works out for all these guys it seems like a huge gamble to come to such a small platform in comparison to twitch i think twitch typically has like 1.5 million concurrent viewers 
and I think Mixer is probably around fifty to hundred thousand. I mean, like it's it's very very low compared to Twitch. And I think it's strange because outside of Ninja, these guys don't really have a lot of like sponsorship, like money, right? They don't have a lot of like. I mean, they get they get money for advertisements on their channels, but they're not like getting paid to like like Ninja is to be in things and whatnot. Yeah, they they definitely don't have like the commercial success that he's had, or so they're kind of stepping out on their own like personal image, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they they're going out and saying like, okay, doesn't matter which platform I'm on, like I've I've built a, a fan base. Sure, I mean they have to be. I just uh, seems seems like a gamble. Like there's got to be something else going on, right? Twitch has got to be doing something they don't like. Yeah, yeah, that's very possible. Twitch has been doing a lot of bands recently, haven't they? For like. Yeah. Stupid little shit. Yeah, like a lot of people yeah, just report punched her cat. For... <laughs> yeah, I think she. I, know, I feel like I've just seen a bunch of people bitching about it on Reddit and stuff. But... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't. I haven't researched anything on it. It just it seems strange to me. Uh, I don't think Mixer will ever uh, be as popular as Twitch. I agree. Twitch has a cooler name. Yeah, has yeah. a better looking interface and stuff too. Like, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of reasons that it. Partnered with Amazon. All right, let's move on. Let's get to one of our features tonight. We're going to talk Call of Duty Modern Warfare multiplayer and the cooperative mode Spec Ops on multiplayer. Uh, Jacob, let's start with you. What do you think of the game's weapon upgrade system, the gunsmith? How's all that shit treating you? This is a big component of the game that we didn't really discuss last week. Yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying what they've done with it. Uh, the the guns are recognizable as opposed to Black Ops Four. I felt like a lot of those just weren't. I, sure. I do like the upgrade system, where you're constantly working through it and just in a godly amount of options <laughs> for like optics. I haven't even got through all of them yet, so yeah, uh, a lot of variety. Um, one thing, just and you guys know this, the listeners probably I'm a bit of a gun guy, so seeing some of the uh, accurate things like on the gunsmithing bench was pretty cool. Like you, you've got a bottle of gun oil there that looks like a hops gun oil. And then you've got your boar snake, you know, it's just, it's kind yeah. of fun to see those things. Um, I mean, they, they really went into detail on it. Seems like uh, they, they actually took some time to kind of get things right. And uh, I'm enjoying it so far. It's wild compared to, compared to like black ops four, where there was like 15, if like, if a weapon had sure. 15 different, uh attachments it was crazy like mm-hmm. different options and there's shit there's 20 different optic <laughs> options yeah you know what i'm saying for each gun 60 on your main weapons usually and then on like your sidearm or your uh secondary weapons it's upwards of 30 so it's like that ceiling is 30 on you know pistols and launchers and shotguns and then on your ars and crazy 60s. well like you can take that over under that's a full double barrel over under shotgun and saw it off and put a pistol grip on it like you can Man, completely change different. You can completely change the guns different entirely. Tapes, oh yeah, you know, different. I mean, you can different turn barrel the, lengths. Yeah, you can turn the M4 into you know an M16. You can turn the AK into you know uh, what's the shorter version of that called or the smaller K74. Yeah, or you can turn. Well, it, you know, it's a different ca- the, 74 is a different caliber, but yeah. I think you can change the some of those guns. You can actually change the ammunition type. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's 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 bizarre. It's it's very very uh, open. Um, so you can customize things, you know, a lot of different ways. There's obviously some metas already. <laughs> uh, 
And sure. so there's some certain ways to run those weapons that are that are going to outshine any other setup in that class. But uh, you can ha- there's a lot of weapons to choose from, and there's a lot you can do to them. So it's uh, the grind feels very worth it. What do you guys think about the the perk system in this one? They've done a lot of changes. I mean, they even have like the perk specializations where you can take that instead of a score streak and earn an additional three perks as you're getting kills. It's it's great. It feels like just enough. Doesn't feel like a combination becomes too overpowered, really. Um, right. That's not one of the problems with the game. That's one of the, I think, the bright right. spots. Um, I think I think they hit the nail on the head with the ability to build out classes. Uh-huh. Um, the class build out's good. Uh, yes. You can even get, uh, I don't know what level it is, but you unlock where you, you can take uh, two different, um, like, specials, pretty much. What is the What are those special abilities called? Where you can throw down a field upgrade. Field upgrade. Yeah. yeah, and then when you upgrade to the and get your field upgrade, you can choose between the two. And so that I think you know that addition of that's really neat. Uh, so it's just they did a really good job on the on building classes. The perks are great. Yeah, I do think it's pretty wild for as many elements that are in the mix in those perks that nothing feels particularly broken within the perks themselves. That's pretty nuts to me because there's so many variations that you can do. Um, and I like that they move dead silence to a field upgrade. That way it's very situational yes. whenever you pop that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, in Black Ops 4, for comparison, almost everybody would run that, and you just never heard anyone ever. And it would right. be incredibly frustrating at times. Um, so I, I think that was a good move. And because the footsteps are so fucking loud in this game, it God, becomes yeah. a useful perk whenever the situation calls for it. So I'm, I'm glad it's still in the game. But let's let's talk a little bit uh, about the meta here. I'm I'm gonna riff for a little bit because I, I have a couple ideas on what I would like to see. And before I get into this, I just want to like here's my little grain of salt. I am more of like an arena shooter person. Just in my formidable years, I cut my teeth more on Halo than I did on Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. So that's more like my speed. So just say the everything word. I say. I, I'm gonna try not to say the D word. Just say the D word. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it. Say it. I haven't gotten the sponsorship deal from them yet. So until I see dollar signs, destiny. Get your, get your fucking nickel. Get your nickel and say it. Destiny. <laughs> it's a great game. Hunter and I got recluse today. For, well, I got it for you, Burks. I got it for Thanks, you. Man. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> great game. Uh, anyway, so uh, the first thing is is time to kill, and I'm okay with games having quick time to kills i think that's fine but this game is hovering at like half a second or less um with automatic weapons and so it all kind of comes down to high fire rate weapons and so that's like your m4 hunter you were talking about a p90 that could outclass you from range just because it shot so fast you know i mean like i mean i was getting this guy was sitting up on a on the top of a building with a submachine gun and a suppressor and was out shooting me with an m4 Every time, just because he was shooting twice as fast as I was. Jeez. And you couldn't Sounds touch like the MP7 days from Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, like, you're, you're hovering at about half a second on your time to kill, and that's like body shot time to kill with an auto. I'd like to see that move to about one second, and I'd like to... S- and that's mostly to open it up for precision weapons. Yeah. Because if you think about it, if you're on a DMR or a sniper, can you ADS, get on trained on their head, and shoot 
in half a second. You know what I mean? Like, like you're and well, if you don't have the jump on them, you're eating damage. You're getting flinched in that half a second, which is fucking with your aim. And so I just don't think there's room for precision weapons to to within most of the game modes. I think like you could run a sniper, you could go to ground war, you could sit on a roof, you could probably have a hell of a time. But if you're playing team deathmatch or something and you're you're trying to run precision weapons, I, I think you're going to get more frustrated than if you were just running an auto. And it's it's fun. I do yeah. it with sniper rifle, the thermal scope, on a, even on um, domination maps. Yeah. But what it creates is what the biggest problem with not necessarily the meta. I guess it is the meta, but the game itself right now in multiplayer, which it very quickly becomes a camp fest. Right. And yeah, it's sure. that's just not fun. I mean, it's fun if you're the one doing it, but most of the time you're not going to be. And it makes it less fun because... You it's know. only fun for a minute if you're the yeah. one doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Three or four minutes yeah. in, you're like, fuck, I got to get out of this building. Mm-hmm. And then you walk around the corner and somebody camping the outside of the building waiting for you to come out and <laughs> sitting there. You're like, oh, well, here we go again. Yeah. Start over. Yeah. I'm really kind of surprised that Infinity Ward kind of went this route. I mean... They had to have known that it was going to encourage camping, which it just that's kind of surprises me that they didn't take some measure against well, it because that's generally not something Call of Duty players want. And and you're 100 right, Jacob. And I think what they did was they made all of those three lane maps very leveled and with a lot of obstructions. And what happened though, in turn, is that if you're moving through one of those areas, um, you know, you even if you're ADSing when you go around a corner, there are four or five or six different areas mm-hmm. that you can get shot right. from. Right. And you God, can't you can't hit all six of those areas rounding a corner. It's just not gonna happen. Um so right. like, like I said, I mean, when I have fun with the game right now, it's when I play to the meta, which is you just don't fucking move a whole lot. <laughs> Yeah, and yep. uh, and that's not you know everybody's style, and you know, admittedly, you know, I've I've played plenty of games where I've been able to run around with you know an M4, or the M13, or something like that, and and play almost like old Call of Duty, um, and have a lot of fun. You get matches like that where people don't just sit and camp, and you know you get good firefights and stuff. Uh, but it's it's few and far between right now. I think the good news is. Uh... Josh, based on what you were saying, because you had, you had mentioned this to me uh, several days ago, and I think you you hit it on the head with that, is that there's not room because <clears throat> of the time to kill for most of the weapons. Yeah. There's not really room for them. It's either sniper rifles or high rate of fire auto uh, guns of whatever form. But the good news is I think it can be adjusted. Like, I don't think the game's sure. broken indefinitely. Like, no. I think with with some tweaking, it can. I think it can be made more manageable, at least in that sense, if that's what they're trying to do they may say go fuck yourself we're not fixing it this is how the game's supposed to be and play it or don't which would be disappointing but i I think they could make some room for it pretty easily and i think i don't think they would want to leave it like it is you know what i'm saying if they saw some room because well you can't even use half the weapons in the game you know what i'm saying like the uh the marksman rifles yeah and they need to they need to nerf explosives uh the claymores and and you know frag grenades uh simtex are very very overpowered Right. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, not not claymores. Uh, grenades are fr- fun. You know, you can very easily get a triple kill with a grenade playing domination, uh, and it doesn't even have to be a real well placed grenade. Uh, and then the shotguns. And I thought it was just the seven two five. The seven two five definitely needs nerf, which is the double barrel 
um, which you can kit that out and you can snipe from yeah. across the map, especially with, you know, the weapon customization in that game. I mean, you can put, you know, longer barrel, uh, you can, you know, put the laser on for some <laughs> reason, uh, over the shot, uh, decreases the spread, uh, which is, you know, silly, but at the same time, I mean, you can kit it out and you can snipe with that shotgun, but the other shotguns, except for that full auto one, um, are at, they're, they, they, their range, their one shot kill range is, is pretty unreal. Um, which, you know, it's probably more realistic to a shotgun, but in an FPS game, you know, that's, that's too overpowered. Right. Um, but those two things, you fix that and, you know, you try to, I, I'm with you, Josh, the time to kill has to go up a little bit. Uh, there has to be that tweak. Um, I don't think it has to go sure. up much. Um, I just think it, the time to kill is a little too fast uh, for the map style, um, you know, and, and the game that it is. So you fix those things, and I think you'd have a solid game. I really do. I think, too, I'd kind of like, what do you guys think about just, like, player independence? Because I think previous Call of Duty games, somebody in the group could go on a tear, right, and, and just basically win the match for us. I'm not saying you can't necessarily do that on this one, but on this one it feels like that's rooted so much in whatever kill streak you're able to pull down, as far as art, can you go on a tear? It's very rarely you went on a tear because of pure gun skill and right. positioning and stuff like that. Do you think there's a limit in player independence because you're forced to just hold areas to stick on people in this game versus previous Call of Duties where you would just run and duel and move about kind of freely, do your own thing? Is that a problem? Is that a good thing? I mean... I don't necessarily see it as a problem inherently. I mean, compared to other Call of Duties, maybe it is. But like, there's there's several first-person shooter games where that's the case, where it's not based on who went off. It's based on how you work with the rest of your squad. You know what I'm saying? Like Overwatch, for instance, is based on you playing off of your other what your other people are running. You know, so I mean, there's there's precedence for that in in other games. So I mean I don't it doesn't bother me too much but it is I'd say it's le there's less independence in that in that scenario compared to other Call of Duty games but it doesn't it doesn't bother me too bad personally bothers yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> I think um, <laughs> I think one thing like for me is because of and all of this like the the kind of the lack of independence the issue with the TTK I think it's so hard to find a rhythm in this game compared to previous entries in the franchise's history. Because it's like, if you start getting killstreaks going or something, then all of a sudden now it's just like, then you, you just get dumb from 800 different angles over and over and over and over again. You get so dispirited, so frustrated, so angry that you start playing dumber and more wild and trying to get revenge or whatever. And it just feels like this kind of relentless bullshit half of the time. And if you can't hit a rhythm on these games, it's hard to feel like you're increasing your skill. It's hard to feel like you're gaining anything. And it's certainly hard to feel like you're having a good time. Mm -hmm. Get with you on that. And then I, I think ultimately, I feel like the game tried to blend Call of Duty with Rainbow Six. And it has put it in a weird middle place that I think I like less than both Rainbow Six and other Call of Duty multiplayer experiences. <laughs> because Rainbow Six is like, it's all camping. That's the whole fucking game. Right. You're holding positions. I, and you can get shot through walls. People can 
demo the ceiling above you, come in and shoot you in that game. But I like that game better because it's all tension. It's this weird, loud, quiet, loud mechanic to that game where for a minute, two minutes, nothing might happen. And then everything happens. It's just this eruption of craziness and frenetic gunfights. Um, but it all feels very intentional. And that game has a much higher, maybe not a much higher, but it has a higher TTK. And if you want to kill people quickly in that game, it's a headshot. If you're bodying people, you're not going to kill them in half a second unless you're on a shotgun or something. They've created space for you to have counterplay, to reposition, to fight again. And Call of Duty has not created that space, and it doesn't quite match the tension because it still feels like it has too much of its running gun identity in how the game is set up. I feel like it's just in a weird spot as a whole right now with what it's trying to do. Yeah, don't disagree. But like you guys said... I, I think it has the potential to be one of the best shooters. That, like, it's got some of the best gunplay. It's got the best, like, hit registration. Like, you, when I shoot, right. my ghoul, bullets typically go where I expect them to go. <laughs> they hit when the I customizations. expect them to hit. The customizations. The maps are great. I like the maps. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> I like them. I mean, I know it's frustrating with, the with like, the time to kill specifically. because Like you had like mentioned, there's so many different vantage points. But it's... I don't know. I, I like the maps personally. They look they look, they look cool, and I think they're very unique. I, I like yeah. I, I get I get what you're saying. I I enjoy them too. I think the biggest frustration on those maps is like that it's just the time to kill that makes it, you know. But when you're running through them, they do they they feel pretty cool. Especially I mean that as here cave map is yeah. that's just a cool map. Ah, uh, like and that. a lot of those maps kind of have those transitionary areas that you know you you almost feel like you're playing a couple different maps, uh, which is right. it's neat. Um, but yeah, uh, what about the spec ops mode? What did you think, Josh? We played it. We played it. What? Uh, and we ran through it five, six, seven different times. I think like the objectives in it. I think the map design in it. The scale of it. All of those things, super cool. Like that one, I can't remember the name of the operation, where you ultimately end up on the the tarmac and you have to board the plane and then the mission transitions from where it had been like this big open fight to now being this claustrophobic fight in an airplane cabin as the plane is taking off. That was pretty cool. That yeah. was a cool setup. The issue is it's it's kind of like the rest of the like some of these experiences like it, it's so hard and so relentless hard to, for me to say it's fun like um yeah. because enemies like don't you. don't despawn like they just keep coming and so you have to keep moving from objective to objective despite the fact that you cannot clear out an area the cooldowns on like your special abilities you have like a medic uh you have like an assault um like a defensive thing that can give body armor, stuff like that. All of those roles are cool, but the cooldowns are about two times longer than I feel like they should be because you just you can use it once to twice maybe within a, a run, which seems wacky to me. But it had again, like the multiplayer, ton of potential. I think it just needs some tuning, and I think it'd yeah. be a really good mode. Yep, absolutely. I uh, I have nothing to add to that because that is how I felt one hundred percent. Okay, let's talk. Outer Worlds. Now, Jacob, we asked you to be here because you're a huge Fallout guy. You've played a lot of Bethesda's games. You've played uh, previous stuff that Obsidian has done, uh, namely Fallout New Vegas. So give me your thoughts on starting out this game, the intro. How'd, how'd that feel to you? All right. So like you said, um, I'm a Fallout guy. And you can't talk about this game without talking about Fallout. 
Uh, I love Fallout 3, New Vegas 4. Uh, Fallout 76 made me wish I was dying of a mold and do sickness from a power armor helmet, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, hey, 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 well, I know. I know a guy. Uh, He'll put you one in the canvas yeah. bag, man. But deliver it this <laughs> is, in fact, <laughs> this is, in fact, space fallout. I mean, you couldn't have copied it more, and I am completely okay with that because that's, I mean, I love fallout. So it is kind of a new take on something that's familiar. Uh, there's a lot of the same quirkiness, plenty of scavenging. I mean, they've even got, like, marauder areas with landmines. I mean, yeah. everything. Uh, companions, but but it's great. I like it because it's almost like a completely new Fallout. It's like almost like a sequel, except it like it's the by the guys that actually know how to execute, as yes, opposed that's to good. Bethesda. Yeah. Uh, which brings you to another point: uh, movement seems to be much better uh, in this than anything that's ever come from Bethesda's loins. Sure, it's got a slight touch of steampunk, just a little yeah. bit, um, and there's lots of exploring to do. So. It's really neat. Um, I think kind of their since they didn't go with post-apocalyptic, they they went to like corporate negligence. I thought that was kind of a cool take on it. Sure. Um, so that's just a quick summary. The intro of the game, it, it's kind of interesting. It, it's got some mystery to it, much sure. like uh, you see in New Vegas. Uh, you're you know you're on this spaceship, and all of a sudden you wake up. And you've been there for decades, you know, in cryo freeze or whatever. And you've got this weird science or, sci or scientist guy who wakes you up. He's like, hey, hey, I need you to go do this. Yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to spoil too much of it. It's almost but, like and you're then it waking up, up out of a vault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, that's what I was trying Space to do. Space <laughs> uh, But, and then, of course, you start on the first world. Now, I did not get near as far as I wanted to in this game before this podcast, sure. unfortunately. But the first world that you get to is really pretty. Uh, it's unique. The detail seems to be pretty good. And uh, so far, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, and I think this will be a great game and hopefully a great new franchise. Because after all the blunders that Bethesda's been through, who knows what next Fallout's going to be like. I mean, I can't believe they went from Fallout 4 to... Fallout 76. It just baffles You're gonna me. You're going to spend $200 to pre-order Fallout 5 <laughs> Deluxe Super <laughs> Chrome Edition. You're going to get that disc home, and you're going to think it's kind of weighty, you know, but you got the steel box, you know. Uh, you're going to pull that shrink wrap off and open it up, and there's just going to be a smushed fucking turd in there. No disc. Just somebody <laughs> took a big old fucking, like, healthy, they've been eating plenty of fucking oh, turd. And had to like smush the case closed, you know, hmm. uh, that's, that's with a turd covered card that says "From us to you, thanks, yeah. Bethesda." Yes, <laughs> but no, uh, you're purchasing I, Fallout Five first. <laughs> uh, I uh, I got through a significant amount of it. Um, I think I still have two companions to get. Um, I think I got to the third or the fourth uh, like planet. Um, it. It's great. I love the Fallout comparison just because I think they kind of did it themselves, um, you know, by saying from the people that, you know, brought you previous Fallout, something like that, whatever they're advertising. Um, but in, in them being involved with uh, Fallout games, uh, specifically New Vegas, but they brought the good things from those games over. Uh, uh, things so that I think Fallout 4 lacked, which is just the missions and all of your side quests that you continuously do throughout the game don't feel like trivial fetch quests. 
the dialogue and, and your ability to spec out your stats and get different dialogue options and charm, intimidate, lie, you know, all of these things allow just completely different playthroughs. The the story is, you're going to get through that story and there's not as many branching options, but a lot of these secondary quests and side quests have so much meat and heart to them that it's it, you're not going to get through it as quickly as you probably think you're going to get through it. I mean, you're spending quite a bit of time. Um, so it's it's fantastic. Uh, I highly recommend it. No, yeah, I mean, you're completely right. Uh, you're going to spend a lot of time on it. I mean, that was one thing I didn't want to blast through this game. I want to be able to digest all of it uh, because it, you do kind of go off on these weird tangents and exploring and everything, and it's great. Another thing I kind of wonder is, you know, their uh, negative view of uh, the board. I wonder if that's a wonder if that's representative of Bethesda. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Yeah, taking a taking a stab at him. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was a, a veiled thing like that or not, but I don't know. It's a yeah. funny thought. Oh, uh, like you said, the the first planet is great, um, and then and I won't spoil any story. You go to a space station, and you go to some other planets, and and you go back to some places, but they all look very good. Now, it's not you know graphically, it, it has its own style. I'll just say that. It's not like the cutting edge of, of, of all that, but it, it, it has a style um, and it looks very good. And I don't know, Josh, what did you think about the variety of the quests and the enemies that you fight and, you know, just the variety of gameplay within it? I played maybe the first 30, 40 minutes in one session and I was not super thrilled at that point because it felt to me kind of like I was doing the fetch stuff. Like it felt like, oh, I've done all of this before. But bear with it if you feel that way, <laughs> because it, it does change after like like landing and all that kind of stuff. And as it was trying to get you uh, oriented to the lay of the land and how the game works, all of that felt too familiar to me. And I, I was like not super interested in. After that, the story starts taking off, starts getting very interesting. You have to make some hard decisions very early on that impact the game. Uh, there's consequences that you don't see till much later in the game. Um, that stuff was really cool. As far as world design, I love the color palette in this game. I actually saw something that I thought was kind of cool. They designed the color in such a way that it doesn't need colorblind settings. The colors are so distinct that if you suffer from any form That's of colorblindness, cool. you can still discern all of the different areas, textures, places, stuff like it. It has like no ill effect, which is super cool. Really enjoy the improvements to the shooting in the game. I did not expect to run with companions because I usually didn't use companions in any of oh, the other awesome. games. But, but uh, they have some really it. cool perks and uses. and They're super useful. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of neat synergy that you can do that ties to your own builds in that game with your companions. And I also like that they'll kind of interact with you when you get into those kind of morally ambiguous situations and they'll give you their take which is so you kind of you have counsel <laughs> a bit before yeah. you make a decision sometimes are they more useful than past fallout games because in the Absolutely. past games they've been kind of just that dumb ai stuff and that guy no, screwed me up here they're absolutely yeah. more useful oh, okay that's good uh, for sure um the combat dialogue um, with your companions can be a little bit repetitive, like the things sure. that they call out during fights. But they did yeah. a great job of when you're just moving around um, from area to area and how your companions, not even talking to you, but they'll kind of talk to each other. Um, and it's they, it's just, it feels like every bit of dialogue in the game is 
very, very fleshed out. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think it's a reward that they did that because it is more immersive. You do want to, you know, tread slowly through things for the most part. <laughs> but, yeah. I enjoy the ability to be able to put different armor and different weapons on your companions as well. So you can kind of customize them a little bit too. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh, I you think that's a up. useful thing. So, and, you um, know, even with the different stats. Can you yeah, use them as loot meals? <laughs> uh, you no, know, but you do have perks that play off of them. So um, okay. there's some perks you can take that give you capacity um, while with your companions. So pretty much you can. Jacob, what did you think about the initial, like the weapons and the, and just the combat itself and some of the abilities? You might touch on that too, uh, Josh. Yeah, um, I, I really like them. Um, the first automatic weapon you get, the auto rifle, and jo- Josh, you're going to love this. It kind of reminds me of some of the weapons from Destiny. <laughs> Destiny. Uh, especially kind of looks... <laughs> Free to play. <laughs> but uh, that, that, that first one you get just kind of has just a little bit, of, little bit of reminder of Huckleberry. Not, not saying it looks exactly like it, but uh, has kind of a similar style to Huckleberry uh, out of Destiny. Um, and even the revolver is uh kind of neat that you get. There's just there's a lot of uniqueness. It feels like they mixed a bunch of futuristic and old, very much like the Fallout games. But that's a style that I enjoy quite a bit. Um, how they did their own version of Vats, I guess you might say, with the uh, was it time dilation? I think's what it's called. <sighs> yeah, because um, you've been a been that, in cryo sleep for so long, but you yeah. slow everything down. <laughs> Yeah, so you don't have your action points, but you've got a bar full of purple stuff or whatever that's basically your time dilation, basically like your action points. It's a, it's a time slow, kind of like on Fallout 4. It's not like New Vegas or Fallout 3 where it actually stops and you pick out your points on the body. It just slows time, and you put your crosshairs where you want it to go, and then uh, let it rip. And uh, that's, pretty, that's a pretty nice system. I, I enjoy that quite a bit. The dodging, yeah, but, I haven't used it a whole lot. Did you use the dodging much, Brooks? Uh, not really. Um, it's it's beneficial for sure, but I haven't I haven't put it. I've been I put most of my stuff into like the science and the dialogue. Um, yeah, I can't say much for the dodging either. I mean, you double tap. You know, I think it's your A button and then a direction. And but I, I don't know. It just hadn't seemed really necessary, yeah. at least at this point. It may become more necessary as the game goes on. It's, it definitely builds into certain play styles. I love the the weapons. Uh, they the customization on them is pretty cool. Um, it's not super super in depth. You can put mods on them that do different things, um, and so you can change a weapon quite a bit that way. But you can tinker them, and all it does is it their stats. So if you find a weapon you like, yeah. you can continue um, to upgrade it throughout the game. Um, so nothing ever really becomes under leveled, uh, which is neat. Uh, it's a thing. I, I think a lot of games could do that <laughs> and allow you to, yeah, you know, keep something that you really like a whole lot. But the guns are, you know, they're pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, there's a lot of science weapons uh, that are pretty neat. But uh, it's, I felt like there was a good variety within the weapons. I don't know, Josh, had, did you feel that way at all? Yeah, I, I think the weapon variety has been great. I particularly like the melee weapons, which I didn't think I would. I never really ran melee builds and stuff in Fallout. I haven't used any of them. I got like no there's I've gotten some really wacky like hammers that have some yeah. odd effects and I got 
basically like this assassin's blade knife that has kind of this poison effect on it and stuff. And it just looks so sick that I was like, oh, because I'm going to do melee shit. But those just like even the variety and how those play is really cool. You know, the hammer is just so comical and dumb and slapstick when you use it. And that's probably the only time I really use the dodge because you can do like the lunge forward or whatever with the dodge as well in close distances and then just drop a hammer on somebody's pretty fun. The the dodge definitely seems... I'll have to try that out then. That sounds good. Yeah, the dodge definitely seems geared towards the melee class, um, which sure. I have not touched yet. Uh, but a lot of the melee weapons are really cool that you find. They look cool. Uh, they seem to have really neat effects on them as well. Just to backtrack, just a hair on the on the gun weapons. One thing I think they could have improved on was the modification interface. I felt like that oh, was yeah, a yeah. little bit disorganized. Sure. Um, and at times, maybe even hard to understand. Oh, uh, sure. Like kind of seeing where some of your stats are and like the mods. Uh, I think I wasted a mod because I didn't. I accidentally yeah. put one over it. There wasn't a whole lot of explanation on that. It's just not straightforward. I mean, you can figure it out. But you're gonna waste some mods probably figuring that out at first, and just it's just something that I think they could have done a little bit better. You know, Fallout has their Pit Boy that seemed to be pretty organized. Felt like one place the game's lacking was probably in that interface that mimics your Pit Boy, where it's you know the got your journal, your map, and all that stuff in in one screen. But that, that so far that's my only gripe. Yeah, I would think about that. the uh, the like initial abilities that you got. Joe. Initial abilities. Yeah. Um, I I spec so much in just like weapons and melee and sneak and stuff that like I unlike you, you know, I didn't have like all these crazy dialogue options and stuff like that. So I, I would say most of them just kind of enhanced a playstyle I was just gonna probably do no matter what. Yeah. Um, instead of like really forcing me or or allowing me to do really wacky things I normally wouldn't. Um, but I, I liked them. I, I, I think the upgrade system's really nice, how it buffs multiple stats at once when you get those points, um, yeah. things like that. Yeah, I like that, that idea it, too. It's kind of neat that it gives you like 10 of them every, every time too. Yes, yeah. Because uh, yeah. you feel like you can kind of spend a little more. Um, yes. You know, and as, as those stats get leveled up, I think it's 20, 40, 60 and so on and so on that they get like bonuses. And so the bonuses are, are worth it in my opinion on a lot of them. Uh, like I said, I did the complete opposite of Josh and I stacked all mine into the, you know, dialogue and science. So I was able to really lock pick hack uh, or talk my way through most of the game I've played so far. If I don't want to do combat, I probably don't have to in most areas. Um, which I still, I still choose to fight a lot, especially like um, if I'm not doing an actual mission, if I'm, you know, roaming around and stuff. Uh, but it's just neat. I think that it lends to a lot of replayability, um, it just as far as the gameplay goes. Uh, for me, the story, uh, I've enjoyed it thus far, but I'm not far enough into it to really make a judgment. Um, I want to see how it ends uh, and talk to a couple other people I know that are playing it and see how those kind of sync up or what the differences are and how we played through and, the, um, and how the story went. Cause it's kind of a mystery uh, so far. feels like a mystery. So I agree with you on the replayability. I think uh, with all the different storyline uh, options that you can pick, it's, it's going to end up like that. For instance, new Vegas, uh, the last one, last fallout that they did, uh, you know, you can end up with, what is it? Uh, three different, options or you can kind of be by yourself or with the other two factions 
I suspect it'll be something kind of like that. So as far as like, yeah. I, I, I played that game three times, uh, New Vegas, because I wanted to see what the other stories are. So yeah, yeah. And I, it, I feel like this like, one's definitely set up that way. Yeah, like where you'll have multiple story arcs. So I, I think that's a, I think it'll be like that. I hope. Well, as it stands, as what we've played of it thus far, <laughs> not completing it. Yeah. Where's it fall on the scale? I would put it at about 300 Val Kilmers. Ooh. What's our Tom Hardy scale? I forget. It's just, it's a scale. Um, well, and, yeah, like what are the parameters of that? I forget that. Okay. Yeah, well, well, you, put, you put the Val Kilmers over Wario Shaped Ecstasy mm-hmm. Divide. Um, that'll Divide give you Tom the Hardy. answer in bitcoins. Mm-hmm. Then you multiply. Which you have to cash your bitcoins in for, um, and those aren't cheap. So that conversion yeah. rate, you know, it differs, fluctuates. Uh, You're looking at about a 0.5 Tom Hardy's, which is very good. <laughs> well, what, are, are those clothed Tom Hardys or nude Tom Hardys? Uh, topless. Oh, shit. Whoa. Topless. Nip. I agree with that assessment. Uh, it's very good so far. I really like what I'm seeing. One half partial frontal nudity. <laughs> Jacob's take is <laughs> full nudity, Valcomer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely worth it. Worth it. Uh, you can gotta love the game. ice, man. <laughs> you can uh, still get Game Pass for a dollar right now. Um, if I'm not mistaken, what is that promo for three months? It's Xbox Ultimate, like it's gold and Game Pass and all that. Um, so if you can get it and beat it in three months for a dollar, it's definitely worth it. Or if you just want to go buy it, I think it's worth the sixty bucks. Um, it's something you can play for a while. Uh, in you know, I don't know how they said anything about releasing any additional content with it no they, they haven't yet so um, you know, I, I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised happen. if they they probably will though i would think i mean maybe i don't know maybe that's just a bethesda thing yeah i mean who knows uh but it's definitely worth it. yeah i it's funny to me that like two of the most standout games this year have been outer wilds and outer worlds and they're both space exploration <laughs> it's just a confusing year um yeah Anywho, that brings us to the end of our episode. Brooks, why don't we send it off as we send off every episode by telling the good folks at home what's in the box. It's some uh, new t-shirts um, that we're going to put up on the website. Oh, okay, cool. You can purchase. Um, so they're going to be red. There's no other color you can get. Um, okay. And in big white letters on the front, it says, uh, we stand with Blizzard. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that shirt. Um, and then, uh, were you guys going to let me finish? Uh, sure, sure, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so on the front it says, we stand with Blizzard. Um, and then on the back, still white, it says, not with their stance um, on you know, the Chinese people's freedom, uh, but with the fact that they're being taken over in the corporate sector by Activision, and it's impeding <laughs> upon them releasing quality content. <laughs> What is the uh, the font size on the back? Yeah, uh, I couldn't tell you. What type of font? Uh, Times New Roman. It, com- oh, oh, Comic Sans. Classic. It's totally Comic yeah. Sans. 
No, I'm not. We're not that kind of podcast. Why? Why just the color red? Uh, I just think it's the only color that I ordered. <laughs>